you can do whatever you put your mind to. I mean, I've just, I realized that I thought 7 million, I'm like, wow, I can never do any more than that. Like that's the most. And for me to hit 12 million this year, you know, I really kind of told myself like, man, you were really limiting yourself and your capabilities. This year, I'll tell you, oh man, 12 million, I can never do any more than that. <laughs> you know, because it feels like that right now, right? But I'm going to do whatever it takes to continue to win and grow and, and uh, grow around the people. So I will find a way to do it. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your hosts, Nate and Brian, are hanging out with you again, and we're looking forward to inviting none other than Brent Buckley back into your passenger seat. That's right. He returns to tell us more about his life as well as selling at twice the price of your competition. We're going to have a great conversation with him today talking about that topic and others. But for right now, Brian Brian and I are going to break down that idea for you ourselves. We turn to Brian for our quote. Perhaps the reason price is all your customers care about is because you haven't given them anything else to care about. Seth Godin. I'm feeling kind of backing into a corner here, Brian. It's a very aggressive read on the quote. I'm looking at you, bro. (laughs) I'm looking at every pair of ears listening to this right now because I, you know, I dealt with this objection from time to time in the beginning of my career, in the middle of my career, toward the end of my career, man, did it rarely come up. Hmm. And, and the further I got into my career, the bigger the tickets were. And they were bigger by, you know, I didn't present a 50-gallon electric water heater. I presented a 50-gallon electric water heater with some water treatment that fixed the problem that caused it to leak in the first place. And, you know, a handicap ADA toilet in the master bedroom because I noticed that the the uh, husband walked with a cane and was 6'4". I figured a toilet that was two inches taller would make his life so much easier. I, I didn't, I just rarely presented the like one thing and everyone assumes, especially sa- like specific salespeople, um, well, I won't say salespeople. Those specific sales calls where you're going to give an estimate, we go in with tunnel vision. I did it in the beginning. You go if it's an estimate for a water softener, you go in there thinking about water softener, water softener. I wish we weren't thirty percent higher than everyone else in our market because I'm just going to get beat up on this estimate. I, I want to hurry up and get to a service call next because all I'm doing is fighting against the guy with the pickup truck with mismatched hubcaps who's going to do this for half where where I realized later on I didn't go in and talk about just that water softener let's talk about chlorine removal chemical removal let's talk about this 16 year old water heater you have sitting next to the water softener that stopped working and hey while I'm here let me just take a look at everything you know let's talk about everything as a whole plumbing system, an electrical system, your entire HVAC system as a whole. If I'm presenting a piece of HVAC equipment, I am going to be presenting it with whatever indoor air quality products I think this family will benefit from. All right. So as Tommy Mello said, we don't do apples to apples. Where everyone's selling apples, I'm selling oranges. You know, or apple pie. I already, already took care of all the rest of it for you. <laughs> You're right, Brian. And really, the, the place to start with building value is within your own belief system. You have to believe that you yourself are bringing value to the table, as well as all the other things that you are bringing. 
you personally, Brian Burton, you are bringing value because they have Brian Burton standing in their home. All of Brian Burton's experiences, all of your trade skills, all of your communication development, all of your the mistakes that you've made in the past at other places that you now have corrected and figure out the right way to do things. You're bringing all of that to the table. Oh yeah, and here's a couple solutions that will actually fix your problem. That piece of the value starts with you. If you can believe in yourself, and I'm not saying this is like, you know, some, woo, yeah, believe in yourself and all work together. I'm saying you have to believe in yourself to present confidently in front of somebody. And when you do that, it, it brings a level of confidence to that conversation that the customer can see, they can feel, they can, they can, they can anticipate that this guy actually believes in what he's talking about. And that's going to be a big piece to starting that uh, that journey with the client when they see from you that you are about business like you are about taking care of them you are about bringing them the best value and then from there we're going to ask Brent some more questions about what that conversation can sound like in the home yeah and the, you know my quote seemed probably seemed a little aggressive it's it's aggressive because I wanted to I have had so many people text me about can you give me a rebuttal for your twice the price of of your competitors and it is something i have a lot of rebuttals for because i've heard it so many times and you know this is one of those quotes that back in the day where brent and i worked together we would throw it would get thrown on the board often in different ways which it would just be yesterday um i was at a house i quoted you know, 5,500 for a water heater and water treatment. And the uh, son-in-law walked upstairs and said, my buddy will do it for 1,500. In some variation of it, it's all, there was always my, there's a competitor out there who will do it for way less, right? So we've heard it a million different times. At the end of the day, once you get to the part where you're presenting the price, you've missed if that's an hour and a half into the time you've been there, you should have been beating that objection up the entire other hour and a half. And it, and it really starts with this, the one key phrase that I've always taught our techs here to use. I wish I had used the whole time I was in a truck, but probably caught on fairly late. And it, it made me a lot of money and a lot of customers for life where I would just say, I just want to let you know up front. If you're looking for the absolute cheapest price and you would forego all the other aspects of service, warranty, quality products, that kind of thing, you're not, you have the wrong guy. If, if this was the cheapest company in town, they wouldn't be able to afford me first and foremost. Second, I know in, in my industry that if you have the cheapest price, the way you serve your customers is subpar to a lot of customers in the area or a lot of the companies in the area that have a much higher price. Right. And I would not, I would not have my wife driving a 25 year old junker vehicle. She might not have the latest model and the highest level car and certainly use whatever car you saw in the driveway to make this analogy. But I want my wife in the, the safest possible vehicle that fits into our budget, even if it's at the higher end of our budget. Is that how you feel? Like that kind of building, that kind of value has to be done in the beginning, the very beginning and all the way through the presentation. You're dropping things like it, like that in there, dropping seeds in there that you will water and give sunlight to and see them grow throughout the presentation. So when you get to the end and you show that, that package that you're talking about, one shouldn't just be presenting one the one thing that you're there to give the estimate for. Should be presenting a package that you've built by understanding the needs of this customer. Stop spending the whole time thinking about their budget and what they quote unquote can afford. That's what they can afford for just the heat pump that they think you're there to talk about. You're there to custom build their system. Right? Yeah, that reminds me of uh, that Ellen Rohr quote that Tom used the other week. I'll give you their price when they give you my level of service. Oof. Yeah, he's, he actually, uh, I got to go back and get it. He, he posted himself maybe at the gym or something um, on Facebook with a T-shirt on that said that. 
and it was like a you know vertical track thing. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm gonna go back and get that pick, throw it in the waste no day page. Except I'm gonna crop your face onto it, so for once you can see what it's like to have a little bit of muscle. <laughs> <laughs> And be at a gym. <clears throat> yeah, I saw that coming. That's not all yep. uh, treadmills. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, buddy. Appreciate that. Uh, well, what, uh, what we're talking about today is competitive pricing when you are dealing with a third party who's not at the table. So really, when you're sitting down with a client, it's you and them and an empty seat. And that empty seat is filled by whatever other company they have had in their home. And there's pros and cons to this. Right, so the con is that uh, you know they've gotten this other bid, and it's probably less than you. But the pro is that they are not there to defend it. So basically, you are now in the position of arguing with an empty chair, and that empty chair has nothing to say. And so, if you think it from think of it from that perspective, you have all the ability in the world to overcome the opinions of an empty chair. We're going to be talking about that and more as we put Brent Buckley back in your passenger seat. Brent Buckley has been in the HVAC industry for well over a decade. Growing up in the industry with his father, who was part of a business in Colorado, he quickly learned the trade and got involved. Enjoying the sales aspect of the business, he decided to jump into it and became a sales or a selling tech himself and started breaking records with a million dollars in the early 2000s, turning into six, seven million and on track to do 12 million this year. He stepped out and started his own company just last year. Fetchatech is based in Las Vegas, uh, Nevada. Fetchatech Plumbing, Heating and Air and he now joins us to discuss his ideas on how to overcome competitive pricing in the home. Welcome back to the show, Brent. Hey, thanks for having me on. Good to have you on again, buddy. I haven't talked to you in, well, other than texting. I haven't, haven't had a chat with you in a while. How are, how are things going out there? Good. Been busy um, building this uh, Fetch Attack for last year. And yeah, it's been, it's been a life-changing thing, you know. Uh, I grew a lot, learned a lot this last year, and um, yeah, so we've been hustling and working hard over here. I know you, you at least when I worked with you, weren't, were always kind of averse to a management role. Like You like to just, well, I mean, at your level of pay and the hours you put in a day for, the most, for most of the year, it probably made very little sense for you to go management, but now you're in a world where you're part owner, is that right? co-owner right and mm -hmm. probably have to do a lot of leading and managing and holding people accountable but you're also still selling as, as well is that right yeah i'm out um uh selling with the guys and also you know helping lead the team um you know basically inspiring them um and bringing out like the you know their true potential um so yeah, it's been humbling to be able to help so many people and um, elevate them, you know, in their careers. So it's kind of nice to see they're like buying houses and cars and um, doing well, you know. Oh, yeah, man, that's awesome. Like you're you're helping to take texts from, um, you know, I, I run four calls a day and get home as early as possible to, you know, what what we liked to do and what. I train people here to do and what you do in your own truck, which is um, how can I help the most, the, the most people possible see the vision, believe in our, our company, um, get behind our team and, and involve them as, as many products as they could possibly benefit from. Yeah. And um, one thing, you know, that has changed a lot too is, you know, I've really been able to create the culture that I always wanted. And, um, uh, so, you know, that is a game changer in a lot of ways because they see uh, my work ethic, they see my production, we build the culture. Um, and so these guys love to come to work, be competitive. And um, it's just awesome to see them all doing so well, you know. That sounds awesome, Brent. And we'd sure love to hear more about what that culture is for you. 
but for those who of our listeners who may not be as uh, well versed in who you are, uh, we did have you on over a year ago. Episode 41 was your original with us. Uh, but why don't you give us kind of the five minutes Reader's Digest version of who you are, how you got into the trades, and what you're doing now. Yeah, um, I started in the trades back in 2002. Uh, my dad was a partner in a uh, one-hour franchise in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Um, I went to high school and grew up in Vegas. Um, after high school, I pretty much um, left and went to Colorado Springs, Colorado, and um, started as a helper for install um, for his company. So um, I spent probably a year and a half there. When I started, I started as an install helper. Um, and then probably six months later, worked my way into an, uh, an installer, lead installer. Um, at the time, um, there wasn't a lot of people doing IAQ and, and other you know accessories to systems. So as I was installing systems, I was um, offering customers duct cleanings, UV lights, air purification, and um, I was kind of self-motivated and, uh, you know, money-driven at the time. So, you know, those extra things on top of the install commissions um, added up. And so um, I got the attention of the uh, JD, which who was the other owner of the company. He's like, hey, look, you know, you've been selling a lot and kind of pissing off my sales guys. <laughs> Because uh, they would sell the jobs and I'd come in and add like, you know, $2,000, $1,000, whatever it was um, to the ticket. And he's like, I think you should be a, a selling tech. So he sent me out to St. Louis um, for um, some airtime 500 training, one hour training. Um, I went to a technical school for I think it was like two months I was out there. Um, went to some sales trainings and um, started out as a, a technician. Um, after I think about a year in the industry, um, went right into it. I think my first year I sold a million dollars in equipment and that was kind of a big deal back in 2003. So, um, at the time I was, uh, ready to go back to Vegas. I, I didn't really like Colorado Springs that much. Um, so when I moved back, my dad, JD, they knew um, Ken Goodrich um, at the time who had um, started Yes Air Conditioning. And so they kind of referred me over there. And uh, and uh, so when I started over at Yes, that's when I was working with Brian. Um, we were working side by side. He was a plumber. I was the air guy. And uh, we were able to kind of develop a team there. And um, I think... Uh, Second or third year, I was at two or three million, and um, I worked there for 16 years. So every year, I, my goal was to be better than I was yesterday, you know, or the year before. So added that on before I knew it. When I left in 2021, I was doing uh, over seven million sales, but uh, off of 80 percent maintenance calls. Is that uh, still yes, accurate? 80 percent maintenance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah did so we, I, we, dude, we did build a, an awesome culture there because you and I kind of took it upon ourselves to fill the place with our own, with people like us and, you know, people that we'd enjoy working with. And we did, I thought we did a really good job of that. Um, but also what you might be finding out now that I've known here for the last nine years that I've been leading teams is that we created a heck of a, uh, you know, s selling culture there that yeah, the training that machine, we did. Like, I mean the stuff that we did like naturally that we just thought was a good idea has become the sales training that I implemented, implemented here for the three teams we have. Uh, and here. it's, and it's really what I've implemented at Petsatech. I mean, you know, it's all I knew. It's all I created, you know, and, um, it was easy for me to come in and really develop that same, you know, um, program. And, um, the guys, you know, they're doing really well with it here. Um, we've been able to, you know, increase when I, when we started fetch attack, you know, um, the company was doing, I think between the two or three companies that we had in there at like 10 million, losing a million. And, um, this year we're tracking to do, you know, 25 million, um, with 5 million on the bottom. So, 
Wow. Which is about 20%. So, you know, it's, it's all about the mentality, um, the culture. And, um, I've made it kind of a win-win, um, atmosphere here. So everybody's winning, you know, it's not just like two guys, you know, doing all this, all the winning, you know? Can you jump into that a little bit more? Like what are some practical ways that you, you put that into your company? Well, a lot of the companies here locally, and I don't know how it works there, but, um, you know, they, they have the tech turnover. So I create, I wanted to do the tech turnover setup here. Cause when I was over at my other company, you know, they had like two or the three, you know, selling techs and then, you know, whatever was left went to, um, the guys after that. And it really was kind of like a lopsided, um, you know, set up where here, you know, I, I have everybody that is flipping, everyone gets opportunities. I also, um, I know the commission structure for most flip companies are like, you know, 3%, 7% to the sales guy. Um, so here we we're, we're doing 50, 50. So, um, that way if sometimes, you know, the tax putting in more work than the sales guy, they feel like they're getting their cut. You know, if the sales guys feel like he's doing more of the work than the tech, then they get the same cut. You know what I mean? So it's been um, a really good setup here. And, you know, everybody's everybody encourages everybody to win, um, which wasn't always the case, you know, elsewhere. And it was more of, you know, me, me, me. And here it's more of a, a team effort, you know, across the board. So... Those are just a couple of things that I do here that's different that have created a much better environment and culture for my team. That sounds fantastic. What what has been the the feedback in terms of uh, your employees? I mean, obviously, growing to twenty five million dollars in one year. I mean, that's that's insane. I don't even know how that works. Yeah, I mean, it's probably never been. I don't know if it's been done before or not, but um, yeah, it's been. You know, it's been a, uh, a crazy year, <laughs> I'll tell you that. Um, but bringing people in, you know, motivating them and allowing them to, to perform at their true potential has been my goal, you know. And so, yeah, when this place was losing a million dollars a year um, in 2021. You know, we were able to come in and make it profitable and, and create a good work environment for everybody. Well, wow, that's amazing. Maybe we should have you back on to do a class on uh, ex- exponential growth. <laughs> right. Well, well, I've been, you know, I've been surrounded, and Brian has too, you know, we from a young age. I started that, you know, with Ken Goodrich, I was, or with my dad when I was 18 years old in a, in a business that was sales-driven. It was a one-hour franchise, so I knew nothing else, you know, and over the years, um, you know, I wanted – you know, I just continue to grow and grow. And, you know, with my experience and my work ethic, you know, I was able to bring a lot to the Fetch Tech team. Um, and, you know, there's, you know, a lot of the guys at the end of the day, they, they have had a life changing, you know, career here over at Fetch Tech, you know, in just a short amount of time. So I'm happy for all of them. Yeah. It's amazing when, when, well, it's like anywhere I went after, you know, our, our team that, that was, that was my introduction to anyone who listens to this show regularly knows that that was my introduction to anything like the world of a selling tech, despite I had been in, you know, plumbing's a family business. So I'd been plumbing for a while, but the selling professional selling concept that, you know, Ken, Ken and Lance taught you and me was right. brand new to me. And I almost didn't go work there because Lance asked me the day I met him when I came in just to get a job application, do you want to be a, do you want to learn how to sell? And I'm like, how dare you, sir? <laughs> like I'm not wearing penny. Lo- I'm a plumber. You know what I mean? Got, got yeah. Not knowing that you're selling anyways. <laughs> yeah. I just day, had no know? concept of what he meant and what he knew what he meant. And he, he sold me, you know, pretty easily on what it meant to be a professional salesperson. And then everywhere I've been since then, I've kind of infected with the idea of, you're, you're selling anyway. 
Like, you know, you're right. selling every time you walk in the home. You you're selling anyway. You're selling anyway, and you're showing up to work every day anyways. Might as well be the best version of yourself you can be, right? I mean, I, you know, we're not shy about the money here. You might as well make as much as possible in as little time as possible. Have more money and time to spend with your family or doing whatever it is you like to do. And your, your customer ratings will go up as a result of spending more money with you. Uh, we've proved right. hundreds of times with the techs that I've trained here. It's just over and over and over again. My customer reviews were never higher than when people were spending money with me. Now you got to, you got to deliver what you promise hundred percent. Right. You got to stand behind it. You got warranties and issues are going to happen. You take care of the client first and foremost, but yeah, your reviews should go up at the same rate as your income and revenue. Exactly. It's kind of um, a natural process. The more you sell, the more work you're doing, the more customers are involved and um, the more feedback you're going to get. So what'd you do? What'd you do last year? I heard you hit another milestone last year. Um, yeah, last year I spent half the year at, at yes. Um, I think when I left there, I was at like 6 million in June um, for the year. And then um, I started, um, Fetch Tech in August and um, did another three million. So I ended up around nine point three, I think, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Were you selling? Then, uh, were you selling like cars too, or how? No. Did you get to nine no. million. And well, these air conditioning units are getting up there now, you know, with all these price increases and stuff. <laughs> you know, so what, what is uh, your typical? And I'm I'm not talking the money, but what are you typically selling now? I, you said in the last podcast when you were you know, hitting 7 million that you had sold, you were unable to sell any more boxes because you didn't have time. So what all are you selling with a typical HVAC system now? Well, that was a, um, a limitation on myself because yeah, at the time I was doing 7 million I thought there was no possible way I could sell any more air conditioning units. But, um, this year I'm tracking to do 12 million and probably about 30% more than what I was doing when I was doing 7 million, seven or 30% more boxes. Oh, wow. So, so not just add-ons. So what I've done is I've created the team around me, right? I've become more efficient and, um, my environment's changed, you know? So that's, you know, the culture, um, the people around me, um, the mentality of everybody around me, the team I've built here to help support me, um, all those things have changed from when I was doing 7 million to now doing 12 million this year, you know? And so, um, you can do whatever you put your mind to. I mean, I've just, I realized that I thought 7 million, I'm like, wow, I can never do any more than that. Like, that's the most. And for me to hit 12 million this year, um, I, you know, I really kind of told myself like, man, you were really limiting yourself, you know, your capabilities this year. I'll tell you, oh man, 12 million. I can never do any more than that, <laughs> you know, cause it feels like that right now. Right. But, um, you know, I'm, you know, I, I'm going to do whatever it takes to continue to win and grow and, and uh, grow around the people. So I will find a way to do it. <laughs> you know, if it means changing, you know, the processes and stuff that I have in place right now and adjusting, you know, um, we'll figure out a way to do it. Yeah. I love the so mindset. You've always had that mindset. I mean, every, every day, every conversation I had with you would, and for those who haven't heard the first episode, Brent, Brent and I, and, few other guys like Tom Tabor, Mike Bissell, uh, my brother for a time, and um, Joey Feliciano. There's, there was a handful of us that would game up for a half an hour before the regular meeting, and we would just write an objection on the board that someone got the day before, and then we'd take turns overcoming that yeah. objection until whoever had the best rebuttal would get written on the board, and we just, I don't know. We, we were competitive, so we just really wanted to get a better rebuttal than the other person. But it made us go out into the field – and use these and try them and like just made us push a little bit harder and get 
get better at communication, but Brent was always, always a, a, an almost robotically driven person who your, your goal was not to get home at a certain time. It was to, to figure out how to beat yourself from the day before while maintaining that incredibly high level of customer review that you always maintained and I'm sure still maintain to this day. Yeah. When I look back to the last 20 years, I mean, I, I think, man, there's not a year that I really stayed stagnant. Like, you know, every year I was driven internally to do better, do more. And so, you know, when I'm at 12 million this year is like, well, you know, what am I going to do next year? Is it going to be 13 million, 14 million, 15 million, you know, but I know I'm not going to stay stagnant. You know, you know how many, it's not my, you know how many HVAC electrical and plumbing companies are listening to this right now going, I hope this entire company does that much in revenue. <laughs> 12 trucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, so it's a pretty it's ridiculous a matter number. Of, yeah. It's just a matter of, you know, um, being efficient. Um, I'm, I'm very efficient at what I do because I've got so much experience doing it. You know, when I go into a home, so my guys are trained, you know, they know how I like to have the call set up. They know every little detail and they follow it consistently because I hold them accountable. And, you know, so when I go into a call, it's very efficient, you know, it's already, so yeah, it's just next year's going to be all about being even more efficient than we are today. Um, so I, that seems kind of like kind of crazy to think that it could get better, but it absolutely can, you know? Um, and that's how we're going to do, um, do that's how we're going to do more next year and win, you know? Absolutely. You've always been, you've always been about that, um, growth life and it's, and it's great because we use the, the David Sandler quote on here often, some people have 10 years of experience and some people have one year of experience that they repeat nine times. You've never been someone to repeat the year before in terms of experience. So when you even say, like you just said, I have so many years experience, I, I don't even like you using that word. I'm like, it, it's such, it's such a devaluing word for what you are and what you do, which is like embody the waste, no day concept that we try to promote here. Waste no hour, man. There it is. <laughs> Every minute of my day is accounted for making money. You know, so I, every day I have my day planned out, scheduled out. Um, so, yeah, if you want to be, you know, super successful in this business, it's a daily grind, you know. And if you don't show up, you're not getting paid. You know what I mean? It's not just that, like not showing up one time could have cost you the learning opportunity that made you into a $3 million producer. Like imagine you, exactly. missed, you missed the step that, that, that one call that you tried something you'd never tried and normally wouldn't, but you were feeling yourself that day and you just went for it and you're like, Oh my goodness, the game changer. So like two weeks ago, there was this job that had eight units on one house. It was a big job. One of the techs saw on a schedule and he's like, ah, he called out sick. He didn't want to deal with it. Right. Oof. So we sent out another technician. He flips the job over. I go over there and I sell eight inverters for 220,000 for our largest sale <laughs> ever. Oh, word. Um, so he was kicking himself and he's telling the other guys, he didn't tell me this. He's like, Oh, I saw on the schedule. It looked like it was a warranty because they put a coil in and this and that. What he didn't realize was that there was seven old systems there, you know? And, um, so he was really kicking himself. And that was a, you know, that was a simple, you know, uh, mistake on his end that ended up costing him quite a bit of opportunity, um, learning experience, with me being out there and um, also they referred their neighbor over and for another 140,000 in the same, same oh, week. How many, or is this like Elton John's neighborhood or something? Was this? <laughs> this is Lake Las Vegas. I'm sure you're oh, familiar okay. with it. Yeah. It's been a while, but yeah, that's where Celine Dion's house Lake. was that I actually got to work at when I was there. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, this, this dude used to be a CFO of McDonald's or something at one time. So, crazy but it's just you know it's a daily thing and if 
you know, I always preach, coach these guys, like being consistent in your, in your process. I don't care what your process is, whatever it works for you. You know, we do trainings and we get all the, you know, different trainings from different people and, you know, they take a little bit of everything. That's kind of how I created my process as a service tech, you know? Um, but whatever their process is that works, you know, consistently do it and tweak it, tweak it, tweak it. And, you know, over the years, you're going to become, you know, a top performer. Um, if you can stay consistent and, um, you know, there's no substitute for hard work, right? Um, you know, the people that work the hardest are going to win the most, um, outside of talent as well. So, but yeah, I, I feel bad for, uh, for that tech man. Uh, his name has got to be like inscribed into the building. Now it's probably a, probably a <laughs> noun like, uh, <clears throat> Oh yeah. We, we pulled a Freddie over there on that one. You know, <laughs> like she right. took a sick day and missed a, missed a month's worth of income. Oh, man. <laughs> I know he was kicking himself, probably like, like, so, oh, it happens, man. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, who hasn't been there? Who hasn't been there when yeah. you know a call you would have you would have headed to, or you or you know, someone asks you to take a late call, and you're like, man, just I'm just not feeling today. I'm gonna head home, and then your boy, who is not nearly as good at you as is selling, goes out and and turns one of the biggest tickets that's ever happened. It happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's go let's go to a place where where we wanted to uh, go with this episode because I get asked a lot um, in in like Facebook messages and stuff from audience members. What are we saying to combat the uh, you know Joe Schmo's HVAC plumbing electrical whatever? We'll do this for half of what you're quoting. And, you know, obviously we have, I have some rebuttals that I would use in the field, but I, I don't want to just make this a rebuttal thing because you know, as well as I do, that this starts way before you're, you're quoting a price, right? Right. I and mean, certainly it starts at, as soon as they see your advertisement and then when they call into the shop is part two and then it goes from there. But just in terms of the technician, it starts where you park your truck and, I know this is something you deal with often. So let's walk through how you are separating yourself from the guy with the magnet on his pickup that will do it for half price. Yeah. I mean, first off, like, you know, when my guys go to a call, I let, you know, I tell them like, look guys, you know, if you don't make an impression while you're there, they can get another contractor at their choice of 500 contractors in Vegas to their front door within an hour. So you better make an impression. Um, but yeah, it all comes down to the little stuff, right? The little stuff leads to the big. So parking in front of their house, you know, introducing yourself, putting on booties, um, spending time with the customer to get to know them, having empathy for a customer. Um, their situations are all different, you know? Some people are struggling, some aren't. Some live in big houses, some don't. They live in small houses. So not prejudging the call and and just realizing that you're in front of a customer that, you know, has you there for a reason and, you know, really caring about their needs and wants and, and asking a lot of questions and, you know, guiding them down the path that you're, you know, looking for as far as like whatever, you know, their um, best fix is, you know? Um, but it's, it's all about closing the objections like along the way. Right. Um, when people ride along with me, they're like, I mean, this is just crazy. Like you're making it so easy. Like they're just saying, yes, everyone's saying, yes, you're just getting the best calls. And it's like, no, it's, if you didn't realize little details along the way that I'm, I'm closing objections, um, you know, I'm making a friend and I'm doing the right thing for the customer. You know, they feel that. Right. So what was that Tom Hawkins quote where, or is it, Zig Ziglar, um, where they, uh, you know, they don't know how much you know until, or something like that. Yeah, I don't know that, that quote. Covey, Stephen Covey? They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. So, and if they like you, they'll listen to you. If they trust you, they'll buy. And, you know, 
so that that's so true because you know a lot of things I do out there is nothing like crazy or out of the ordinary. Like I'm just being there, being natural, being a friend, um, going over options, asking questions, spending time. And, you know, if you, if you can find a process that works for you to do that, you know, you're not rushing in there and then, you know, hitting them over the head with a bat and trying to make a big sale and get out of there. They, people read on to that, you know, that's a, you know, the vibes that you put off or, are, are um, going to make the biggest difference. It really is the biggest difference. And I know inevitably I'll get messages uh, from people who say, Hey, I do all that stuff you guys just said, but still every, every, you know, two out of three calls I get to the end and present the price and they say, well, so-and-so will do this for half. And I'm, I just want to start by saying you, don't do all that. If you were doing everything Brent just said, how often do you get that? Despite the fact that there are, of those 500 companies, what would you say, 300 of them are doing it for half what you're charging? Right. Yeah, I mean, I would say when I get down to the end, only probably 20 or 30% really are, you know, have the objection of price. Um, because... Along the way, I'm talking to the customer and I'm closing the objection. And price is sometimes one of them. You know, I might, you know, I have a book of bids from other companies. I've got, um, you know, I go online and show them what the average cost to do a certain system is. Like, I'm doing that along the way. When we get to the end and we're presenting the price. Like, I, I just don't get that many price objections. Um, Let's back up there for just a second. <laughs> you just just quietly slipped in that you're uh, going online and showing them the average price for what you're planning. So on you know, doing. so I might be out at the unit, you know, looking at it, and um, they're like, "Well, how much is a new unit?" You know, blah blah blah, blah. and they're just kind of pretty insistent about it. You know, I might just be like, "Well, let's look online." You know, the average cost to install, um, you know, an inverter unit, blah blah blah. Is 20 grand. I mean, sometimes it could be more or high or whatever, you know, and I'll show them or I'll show them a couple bids from uh, customers I've seen in the past from other companies. Like, Hey, here's the average. So sometimes it can be more or some less, but you know, so that I'm, I'm price conditioning them. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So you're, you're getting them ready I'm for price conditioning. That's not always my, the case, but uh, sometimes when I have somebody that's persistent but then I'll always defer back to let me finish my evaluation, going through everything. I don't want to miss anything. And at the end, we'll kind of go over all the different options that we have. But in the, in the meantime, they're thinking about, okay, the average cost to do a new unit is 10 to 20 grand, you know, or whatever, right? Um, so that is something, you know, a technique that I use to, and it's called price conditioning. And so when we go over the pricing, now it's just a matter of not what, if they're going to buy one, it's just a matter of which one, you know? So, but I mean, how are you not undercutting yourself there? Like, I'm sure you've gotten, well, Brent, why, why, why would I go with you? I could get it for right here. You're showing me, you're literally showing me right now. Well, you know, when I talk to him, if, if I show them a bid from 10 to 20 grand, how do I go from, you know, like 15,000 to 25,000? Well, you know, that's for a base model unit. That's not, you know, that's not a high efficiency system. And so, you know, I will present all the options, go through every single thing. And I find most customers are somewhere in the middle. Um, and sometimes, in, you know, they, they'll go in the high the way that I present inverters and higher end equipment. But and are you yeah, still, will, are you still adding I, in all the indoor air quality options? And, uh, so that's and, another thing we could add at the end that builds the ticket up. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm just trying to establish you know a um a, a you know a, a range that they they can you know they can relate to basically. Like okay, you know. Um, you know, 
online it says an average unit 14,000 or 13,000 um you know now obviously you know just like buying anything a house or a car or tv you can buy low end to high end and so i go over everything with them and they usually pick you know something in the middle to high end don't sell a lot of lower end stuff i mean you all have those customers that want just kind of the cheapest of cheapest because they're moving or it's a rental property but uh, my average ticket is twenty two thousand dollars so um i can tell you that my process works yeah and you're not dealing with a lot of customers who well for one you can i'm sure that one of the first things you pull up with average price quote unquote is twelve thousand dollars but then your your average is 22 and you're dealing with customers who think it's going to be eight day in day well out, right? i have customers that think a new air conditioning unit is going to be four or five grand it, i mean even if i sold the unit for 12 grand it'd still be too much you know what i mean always, so if it was yeah. five grand eight grand ten grand twelve grand it's always too much so um yeah so i mean i'm just trying to price condition well they all show them quotes of other major contractors in my area that are similar cost to me or less. And, you know, I can build, bridge the gap between, you know, an average ticket of twelve to $15,000 to going to 25000 I can bridge that gap in the, in the value that I build in my presentation to the customer and, and the experience they get from me. So um, I don't have a challenge. I do want to just interject there, like you, you, you talked about how, how well and how easily you bridge the gap between a, a $10,000 difference uh, while talking about the experience, as well as what you said earlier about just being so efficient that every minute of your day is accounted for and dedicated to getting the most that you possibly can out of it. And I just want to say, in both of those things, that, that's not always been you. It's just every day you took a step in that direction because that, right. that can, both of those can sound daunting to, you know, a guy who's nine months into this trade or a guy who's nine years into this trade, but always just on the, I hit my four calls, my three calls, whatever, and try to get home as early as possible. I'd love to make more money. I'd love to treat my clients with more, you know, dignity and respect and, and give them the service they deserve it's just easier not to, and I'll never be that good anyway. So while, so why try? I just want to say that it's a, it's a step by step process. A little bit every day. Of- every day you want to be better than you were yesterday, and like I said, work on your process, your customer experience, the way that you handle things in in the field, and tweak it. You know, and um, every year you'll get better and better and better. But, you know, you have to have the internal drive inside of you that says that I want to win. I'm going to win. You know, customers want to do business with me. I'm the best technician to be at their home. You know, those are things in, that you need to build. They need to build their confidence. You know, those uh, confidence goes a long way when you're talking with customers. They can feel it. They can, you know, the vibe is there, you know. Well, speaking of building some confidence here, if you would be up to it, Brent, we'd sure love to hear what a role play like that would sound like uh, with Brian, our customer. Okay. <laughs> with the, with the uh, spring, <laughs> springing the role play. He texts me, want a role play? I'm like, go for it. Oh, you meant me. No, I'm good. <laughs> you know, you got you to gotta understand, you know, a lot of the process that I do is, you know, it, it's, it's nonverbal. You know what I mean? Sure. So it's, it's, it's my body language. It's the way that I talk to customers in a way, the way that, um, the way that I make customers feel, you know, yeah. And some and, of the uh, stuff I say isn't like, it's not, you know, like it's, it's nothing that a lot of you guys aren't already doing, you know? Um, but it's, it's the way that I talk, the way I handle it. Um, and really the nonverbal stuff too, you know? Yeah, and that's hard for us to capture, obviously, on a, on an audio right. podcast. Um, but also, the the Tommy Mello was on here a few weeks ago, and one thing he said that, you know, one analogy that you and I have always talked about and heard, and and every time it comes up, it's like brand new. Which is, he said, where everyone is selling apples to apples, I'm selling oranges. It's the fact that 
part of your presentation is to present things that your competitors aren't even presenting. Like they're not even including this stuff. I mean, half the probably majority of comfort advisors and selling techs go out there so tunnel vision focused on what piece of equipment is sitting there and replacing it with nearly the exact same thing while you're talking exactly. about ductwork, IAQ, uh, insulation. There's no one in the Valley, but like two other companies that are looking at ductwork, static pressure. They're putting in these high-end, high-efficiency systems on 30, 40, 50, 60-year-old duct systems that are undersized, that cannot move the airflow or have the efficiency to, to get the full, you know, value out of the equipment they're buying. And so that alone, I mean, I can't even tell you how many sales I've gotten just from the fact that I'm talking about something they never mentioned, you know? Yeah, selling oranges. (laughs) Selling oranges at the Apple market. Right. And I'm an expert at, you know, at really finding, you know, what other people are leaving on the table, you know? Yeah, another thing I wanted to say just to throw out there was that, I mean, I remember when I was there, I would have, I would hear HVAC techs at the company we worked for talk about, you're just out there ripping people off. Like I would actually hear that despite the fact that, well, they probably didn't know it at the time, but I would get you out to my calls when you didn't have a call. You would get me out to your calls to look at the plumbing when, when I didn't have a call. And I'd, I'd been in the laundry room when you walked up the the driveway, met the client, I'd introduce Mm. you and then you'd go through your process and I'd go, I'd listen to it as someone, I was a high producing tech anyway, but I would listen to your process and go, my God, I got some work to do. You know, <laughs> I got so much work to do. Cause even then when you were doing, I don't know, 2 million, 3 million, when I left, uh, you were, you were a pro. I was, I, yeah. was, I was specifically listening for the time that you started, you know, telling someone their. So you're saying I was a pro in 2008. Yeah, 2008, 2009. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, I've probably been in the business six years at that point. Um, so the guys that are listening, hey, that are, you know, been in the business four to six years trying to elevate themselves, um, it gets better every year, you know, that you put the effort and training in. And um, yeah. But my, my point there was the fact that. I would I would have technicians say you were out there being dishonest in in the company we were at, and I would check them when I heard that and say that I've been. By the time I left, I probably had you on several dozen calls. I would think, and never yeah. heard you say something to a client that was the slightest bit deceptive. One thing I would say was that, <clears throat> I mean, it, I I had heard. I remember one complaint that we got on a. a job you went to that I called you out to where the people said he tried to sell us like $20,000 worth of stuff or whatever the number was back in 2007, 2008. Uh And this other company came out and told us we didn't need any of it. And they did it for 8,000. And, but I was there. It wasn't, you told them they needed a bunch of stuff. It was like, you were talking about all this indoor air quality stuff. I think we had just started doing the blow in insulation and you were talking about that and what benefit there would be, but never did you say you got to do this or else never did you say, you know, carbon monoxide is going to kill the whole neighborhood. If you don't do it, there was nothing like that at all. It was very professional, very, um, here's what I recommend. Here's the benefit that you will see. Here's the efficiency increase. Um, I, I always loved having you over. I got better at my presentation every time I had you over and I never heard you say anything that I, I would be upset if you said to my mom on a call. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's nothing new that I haven't heard for the last 20 years. Brent gets all the calls. Brent's ripping people off. Brent's uh, taking advantage of people. Uh, There's no way that Brent can sell $7 million a year and have a happy customer. Um, you know, that's all, it's all stuff that I've been hearing for years and years and years, but you know, none of those guys have ever rode with me. They've never seen my process. They've, I get zero customer complaints, um, in the past, you know, so it's, um, it's just their justification as to why they're not leveling up, you know? Oh yeah. 
So don't be that guy. Well, I know uh, that you do have some subtleties and some nonverbal cues, but uh, for the listening audience, let's give this thing a go. Okay. Cool. So I, so I, uh, before you go any further, Brent, I just got to say, I'm looking at your quote here that you're holding in your hand. And I did a little research before you got here. You know, I'm no slouch. I, uh, I know that I can get this job that you're showing me for $28,000. I know I can get it done for about ten. So what gives here, Brent? Well, uh, Brian, uh, what, you know, let me ask you this. Um, who have you had out? Have, um, is there an estimate that we can take a look at and, and compare apples to apples? Yeah, so here's the, uh, the estimate I got from uh, John and Joe's HVAC services. It's, uh, it's written in crayon on paper, and it just says new HVAC system with all the fixings for $12,000. Well, you know, there's first thing that comes to mind is that, you know, um, they're trying to put a, you know, an inverter air conditioning unit on the existing duct system. That's 40 years old that, you know, your static pressure is at 1.4 right now. Did they take a look at that? Well, if they did, uh, they sure didn't mention it to me. Okay. All right. Um, also, I know we had talked about earlier in the in the call that um, you guys had some issues with um, air quality in the home. You know, I guess your son has asthma, and um, and you guys were concerned with that. Was that price including the indoor air quality package as well? Not that I know of. By all the fixings, I assumed everything was in there, but yeah, they didn't talk about anything like that. Okay. You know, after we went over all of our guarantees, um, I don't see anything in here. Do they have like a 24-hour priority service guarantee or the no lemon guarantee? Ooh, man, sure don't remember them mentioning it. Um, Yeah, I would hope they would call me back within 24 hours. Yeah, I don't, uh, you know, from what I can see here, I mean, uh, we're not – comparing the apples to apples. And also here, let me kind of show you, I've got a couple other competitor bids I've seen here. I mean, everybody's kind of, you know, a little bit less or a little bit more than what I am. And, you know, you're talking $15,000 difference. Um, don't you agree that there's something wrong with that? I do. That's why I brought it up. I, I thought, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking looking apples to apples here. Uh, you're just a really high priced version of them, but they didn't bring up the duct work. They didn't bring up the, uh, electronic filter you spoke of. Not sure about, um, whether they'll come out here with the priority service, but I, if I have all this stuff replaced, do I need priority service? Yeah, of course. You know, um, in, in sense that, you know, something doesn't go right. You would want us out here, you know, right away when you're in the middle of July when it's 110 degrees. Well, I don't see it getting 110 degrees here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly not cool by any means, and I would like to have you out as soon as possible. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, is that your only quote? Did you just have mine and theirs, or have you had anybody else out? Uh, I also had this uh, second quote where I just. I just texted, I took a picture of their quote and then texted it to uh, another company, a buddy that works there. I also took a pic of yours while you weren't looking and texted them that as well. And uh, here you can see the text where he said, oh, shucks, we can do all that for 20% less. So you're telling me that we're kind of like a 20% difference here? That's what it seems like. Yeah, so the job is what twenty eight thousand. What's twenty percent of that? Uh, what twenty six? Five grand. Fifty six. So, so Brian, what you're telling me is that we're really about fifty six hundred dollar difference between you know our top line unit and the other company's top line unit. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Okay. Do you see the value in everything that I'm offering you today? With the, you know, all the guarantees, the permits that they're not pulling, that they don't have anything on. 
I do see a benefit in everything you've shown me so far. What I don't know is what the difference is between this quote and the other company's quote. I guess part of the reason I don't know the difference is because they didn't mention any of this stuff. Exactly. You know, that's, you know, they didn't mention it because usually people aren't going to mention stuff that they don't do, right? Oh, is that why? I mean, I would, I would say so. <laughs> See, and I'm, and I'm being both, I'm being both very easy f- customer for Brent while also throwing him some ridiculous uh, curveballs. But one thing I want to emphasize. Well, the reality is, is that, you know, we're $5,000 difference on a high end system. And, you know, my company can provide you a lot better quality of work and service. Um, here's my reviews. Take a look at those. Um, but I don't, you know, is there, you know, I might even ask them like, Hey, look, you know, I know we're five grand difference. What if we met in the middle or, you know, we did something or I threw in, you know, some additional work to get the deal done. Or, you know? or one thing I've done myself many times is go, look, I can get, I can get down to that number if that's the number you want. I'm just, I'm going to start pulling off things that they never even brought up. Exactly. So you're not going to get what I quoted you here. You can, I can get down to what they quoted you, but this, all this other stuff seemed like it was very important to you. Do you still agree that that stuff is important to you? Which is products that can greatly decrease the, you know, growth in bacteria and in the, in the ductwork, which can greatly decrease the pollen and dust in the air for, you know, t- Tommy, who you said has uh, seasonal allergies and, and yeah. as you said, they're worse here in the morning and, you know, when he gets home from school than they are outside and at school. So are yeah, those I don't things know, still like When we started, you know, you were at 10 grand, I was at 28,000. Now we're, now we're looking at $5,600 difference there, you know? Yeah. So. And a maybe. Yeah. I mean. And that's a gap that you're going to have to build value for. In, in some way or another, depending on the customer, you know, um, every customer is a little different and, you know, what matters to them is different too. So, but, um, yeah, I mean, that was a great role play, man. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if you're not, if, if it literally is the difference in a hundred dollars or even a thousand dollars that you're, you're, you know, if you're talking about a 10, 12, $15,000 system, and the client is willing to walk away from you for less than 10%, they, you're, you have not, and I'm, you know, take this personally, don't take it personally, but you have not established yourself as someone that they are willing to pay 10% more to do business with, even if it's apples to apples. That's a problem. Yeah, they probably would not pay 10% less either. <laughs> right. My, you know? I, I rarely had clients personally that I felt like wouldn't pay 10% more knowing it just to have me be the company, you know, me be the, the, the person, the team, the company that was doing their plumbing job. So I could easily tell my clients that I'm going to be 10% more than any other plumber in the area that you get out here to do the exact same work we're worth it. Like I had built the value in me personally and my team that you would pay 10% more to have me do it. If that makes sense. Right. Well, Brent, we know that uh, you got to get out there and start making some money. So we're going to bring this thing into a landing. Thanks for role-playing with Brian there, because I think this is such a common uh, objection that people hear, uh, specifically those that listen to this podcast, probably more than others, but in terms of building that value, this is something that you have done over your entire career and you, you've learned it, you've lived it, and you continue to train on it today. If you have, if we have some listeners who are struggling uh, with those concepts, like what uh, of, you know, selling at twice the price uh, or whatever the number is, where would be the best place for them to start building that value? Like what was the, what was one or two things that really tipped the scales in your favor as you were coming up at these higher prices and and selling against the competition that made sense for you? You know, their process from the minute they walk in the door, you know, like we're talking to you, I don't get these objections that much as you guys do or some other people do, you know, and it's because I'm, I'm my process from the call from the start to finish 
it, it's so detailed and so consistent and I'm closing objections through the whole call, you know? So at the end, I don't, you know, I don't want, have people shopping me. They want to do business with me, you know, because I'm the best, right? So perfecting their process, staying consistent and, and working hard. Well, uh, Brent, also, since uh, your resume is a little updated, if people are interested in learning more about you or anywhere of connecting with you, where's the best place to find that? Um, you can, most of the people find me on Facebook, Brent Buckley, Las Vegas. Um, they can reach out to me through in, uh, the messenger. I'm willing to help anybody, man. I, I get a lot of people that reach out to me all the time. And so I have the answers a lot of times. Yes, he does. I, I still do it from time to time myself. Just uh, just a, an absolute wealth of knowledge when it comes to, I want to say overcoming objections, but the, at the reality, the reality of it is like the lack of fear of rejection um, where you will just go in there and ask for the business 100% of the time. Ask more than one time. Um, and that, that takes work. It takes practice. It takes work. It takes you know, conditioning on, on your own part and talking to somebody like him regularly, if you don't have anyone like that on your team, it will help you work through that because you know someone's out there doing it day in, day out. Yep. Well, Brent, we love the motivation, man. Thanks so much for constantly challenging us to find that next rung on the ladder, even when you're already at the top. Uh, we love it, and we uh, we encourage you to keep doing what you're doing, and thanks for sharing some of that knowledge with us today. Thanks, guys, for having me on. You guys have a great day. Well, that's it for this podcast. Uh, such a wealth of knowledge there, Brent Buckley. It was great to hear from him again and to learn all that he is doing in his new venture, Fetchatech. Brent has such a good way of expressing things, and he just makes it seem so easy, and yet you know what he's doing in the home is just uh, you know groundbreaking stuff, and what he's doing is literally breaking records every single day, $200,000 in a single sale. Uh, he's literally the $12 million man, a $25 million company in one year. I mean, the list goes on and on. So hit him up if you got some questions or you want some advice or even some encouragement uh, and make sure that you're taking away from this podcast, the importance of building value before you even get to the price and then showing the value of the price that you have quoted. That's it for this podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed the show with Brent and all the shows that we're bringing to you. As always, we would appreciate any feedback that you would give us, uh, five-star reviews, share it out to the people that you know and love, and anybody who would really find this beneficial. As for now, we're going to leave you with our regular weekly challenge, which is to choose to wake up every single morning and waste no day. <laughs>